0: Hello and welcome to the Give Us a Sign podcast, the official signature podcast dedicated to deaf issues, culture, and identity. Each week we'll be joined by a special guest, and this week I'm delighted to be joined by English football manager Ian Holloway. Fans of QPR will remember Ian's performance as a Premier League player in the 90s, where he made just under 150 league appearances in a five year spell. While fans of Crystal Palace, Plymouth Argyle, Leicester City, Millwall, and most recently Grimsby, will recognise him as manager. Ian's first appearance as a manager came after only a year of hanging up his boots, where he took the helm at Blackpool, leading them to promotion to the Premier League. This was a feat that he repeated three years later with his managerial stint at his old stamping ground, Crystal Palace. If you don't follow football, you might recognise Ian from his appearances on TV as a TV pundit and media personality, and from Sky Sports to YouTube, compilations of his legendary interview quotes. I'm your host, Matthew Ford, and I'm here with Ian now. So for those of our listeners who may not know much about you, can you tell our viewers a little bit more about yourself and what you're, you're best known
1: for? I'm um, Ian mean, way, I've been in uh, football for nearly 40-odd years. I was a player for uh, 18, 19 years and a manager for about 24 um all the different levels. I played at all every level in the football league, including the Premier League, and I've managed in every level. So uh if you if you need to know a little bit about football, I think I've qualified for that after 40 you've odd. got some experience, so, have you? I certainly Did, have, yeah.
0: <laughs> do do you have a preference for player over manager? Oh, uh, player all day. Yeah, you prefer to be player. Yeah, I prefer Well to unfortunately
1: well. I'm fifty nine now I'm. Your my body used to be all right. I could run around everywhere. Um, just doing what my manager told me was a lot easier than trying to do it yourself. So trying to get as the as players to do what you're asking them. Oh, just like yeah, <laughs> particularly these days. You know, look at Ronaldo. He won't do a damn thing. He's told believe, he? but who cares? No, no. He <laughs> won't. Mind you, if I was him, I'd probably do exactly what I wanted anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, so I think uh, I think he has the option to go and do what he wants. He uh he's demanded that, I suppose, through his career. I think he's earned that right, don't you? He has, he has. Um, so obviously you've experienced some incredible moments through your career promotion with Blackpool and Palace and as manager. Hang on, I, 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 I am
1: finished the most important bit yet, am I? Oh, I'm, I'm most- a father, and on a grandfather. I've been married to my wife, Kim, for 34 years. We were told we couldn't have any children and we got four children, three of them profoundly deaf. Um, so we learned sign language and now we've been very fortunate enough to have um, eight grandchildren of which only one is uh deaf so we are a hearing family with deaf children and our daughters are deaf children with hearing children uh, de- de- yeah they are deaf yeah adults now with hearing children so we've gone across the whole spectrum that's so big family then yeah <laughs> yeah any more grandkids on the way do you think I hope not, no, yeah, no it's not. quite good, isn't it, yeah, we don't, yeah it's a maybe, good maybe number. great grandchildren it's if we good. live to see that, yeah. many, but Fingers it's an crossed. absolute joy, when, when your children have, have produced and you, you you can spoil them and give them back, it's just amazing, yeah,
0: yeah, I think my mum and dad feel the same as that with my little girl,
1: yeah, how yeah. she, old she,
0: she's three, oh, so brilliant. yeah, she, she gets a runway all the time,
1: Oh um, no! You you got to try and discipline them a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Before yeah, you maybe a, some sweets. Yeah, yeah. Um. So
0: obviously, like I say, you you've uh, incredibly experienced. You've won promotion with Blackpool and Crystal Palace. You won promotion with Wimbledon as a player. Do you have any other career highlights that may not be a promotion or winning something that you
1: are particularly proud of? Well. Without doing one thing, you can't. Without having bad things in your life, you don't know what's good, do you? So you know, I have lived through three relegations as well, and, um, and and that's not easy. One as a player, two as a manager, and um, yeah, that's devastating. And what people don't realise is you actually feel it more than supporters. You do, yeah, because it's your livelihood, and you're the one who's being abused and blamed. You know, when sometimes it's not your fault. You know. But yeah. that, that's what life's all about, you know, and I feel we all need a sort of resilience after COVID and what have you, if, if you look at how difficult life has become and how expensive everything is, we all need to try and be resilient. And I'm seriously thinking about doing my own good news channel. It'd be fantastic won't it? if I have <laughs> to be go bad. out and look for some good news. So instead of, and you know, if you put onto my channel, it's only going to be good news. Yeah, that's everyone. I've worked all around news. the world to find good news, and this is what it's going to be. Because every morning you turn the telly on, you don't want to see the news. Do you? it's absolutely frightening. It, it is, yeah.
0: It's, a, it's always negative. Good news sounds good, yeah. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, Olly-isms
1: that you can throw in there to.
0: to well, to be fair, in football
1: management, you you only get a one in three chance of getting good news. That's if you win. The other <laughs> yeah. two imposters, you you've drawn, so you've dropped two points, and then you've lost, and you're a a loser. So you know you you're the only one who's got to keep going through all that and try and be positive and try and remain the one who believes we're going to get out of this and it's great if the club joins you it's great if the supporters help you through that like I've had in my time uh QPR were brilliant when we were in administration and and Blackpool couldn't believe the football we were playing so they were they got on board with it but it's not always that way and you know it it, it can be very very difficult when you just got to find that self uh, your inner self and, and keep going really because life's about learning from your mistakes Yeah, and learning from your team's mistakes and if you can look at yourself honestly and be part of that and then talk about it and then own it and then go out and have another chance to do it you've got a chance of being a winner because yeah. all a winner is, is a loser who's never given up
0: Yeah, that's f- very true I remember, I remember when you were manager of Blackpool and you played Sunderland, I'm a Sunderland supporter so I know all about relegation <laughs> um, but yeah, when you were you were manager of Blackpool And you came there, the Stoney Malight And I think Sunderland had something like 20 shots And you ended up winning 2-0 And I think you had something yeah. like 3 shots on target So, and all about resilience Well no, that,
1: that don't sound true we, All we were doing was attacking all the time You know, like so, you, <laughs> you, you, You've made that up, young <laughs> man oh, wow. To suit your own <laughs> alle- That's uh, agenda. That's <laughs> not right, mate Honestly, the Black Cats, honestly They couldn't have outshot had- <laughs> my team not having it. with well, they
0: didn't You 1-2-0. DJ cavill <laughs> scored twice.
1: <laughs> I remember that game. What are you talking about? We deserve <laughs> to beat you. You are absolutely <laughs> not, <nuts, laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say thanks, Kim? She just gave me a cup of coffee there. Look at that. Oh, that's Here very nice before. of her. Look at that. She looks after you. Oh, she always has, yeah. I don't know how she puts up with me. I've told her. <laughs> well, that's 34 years. She could have killed me and she'd have been out by now. So, yeah, on good behaviour as well. Honestly, yeah.
0: <laughs> Who would you say is the best player that you've ever signed? Do you have a uh, a favorite that you've
1: signed? Oh no, it's like grandchildren <laughs> or or children. You can't have a favorite. The fact is, I've always tried to help every single one of them. They've always helped me, no matter whether they their career went the way they wanted or not. But it is an honor to be able to bring someone in and try and get them to to help you move the club forward. Obviously, some of them have been more successful than others, but um, I think the bravest was was going into non-league, taking Barry Hales. Yeah. Uh, when, when he was 26 years old, because a lot of people think, oh, he'd be too old to do it. And he stepped up to three divisions and scored 24 goals. And we sold him for 2 million, as opposed to paying 400 grand for him. So yeah. that was good. I also signed a kid who was 17, Nathan Ellington, and he did quite well. Um, some of them got away. I had Bobby Zamora. We signed him when he was uh, 16, left school, and I didn't give him a new contract. I tried to, but he went to Brighton and made me look useless. But, you know, <laughs> it's, all, it's all like that, really. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful game. But, you know, I'd like i like to thank every one of the players who played for me because they're the ones who do it. It's nothing to do with me, really. You know, what it's, it's, a, what it's about is, it is trying to guide them to shine. I believe we all have an ability to shine if we find the right thing and we're dedicated enough and, you know, coach Carter, that wonderful film, he kept asking what, what are you afraid of? What is it? What's inside you? And in the end, the light is the, your ability to shine. So, and I've seen it with my own kids, you know, obviously they, we were told that they couldn't get anything. And my youngest daughter, although she's profoundly deaf, she's got nine GCSEs and three levels. Wow. So, uh, so anything, anything's possible. Anything's possible. You're just going to have the desire to do it. That's it. Yeah. And you got to keep going. you got to keep fighting. So you,
0: you've just released your, your new book, How to Be a Football Manager. Um, yep. Can you tell us a little bit about what the book and what sort of inspired you to well, decide to, to write that one?
1: That's a, I, I was inspired by the fella, the ghost writer of it. He did an autobiography for me for years ago. I said, I didn't want to do another one. It's quite emot- emotive and gets you emotionally involved. But he said, just read the topics that the, the book company want a manager to do for them and see if you've got any stories and, and see if you can say what you would like to say about football and management and the things that you've learned over the years and, and not being funny, the topics were so engaging. Um, and the chapters were so open for me to stuff stuff in that some of you might not understand and and at the end of it you can have a laugh you can uh after the lawyers looked at it, make sure i don't get sued <laughs> you you'll see what how absolutely totally crazy football is how many edits every club's the lawyers different. have to make everything is every yeah they they're, it took eight weeks to rewrite some of it they took some <laughs> of it out because they thought i might get in trouble but really you know hopefully there's something for everybody in there i believe you know, and, and I, I found some secrets and how to help people and self-talk and what we all need in, in this in this moment in this world. So uh, hopefully anyone will enjoy it. And plus the fact if you've bought it with the cost of living so I you know, don't waste it, put it on the fire after,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. One mouse There you go.
1: Does two jobs in one. Yeah. Entertain yeah, you really... for a bit, keeps you warm as well. You're really selling it.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, so, so you were always quite a, let's say, colourful individual in football and you were known for some of the wittiest quotes in football, which obviously led to your ollie isms books. Is there any sort of those that you regret or do you have a favourite?
1: No, none of them are mine. I, I've said things out there and somebody decided to do that. But once you've put your quote out there, anyone can get book. hold of it and make <laughs> a book of it. So that, that, that book was nothing to do with me. It's a little nice. bit annoying because you'd have thought they'd have asked, you know, and you then they could have had get something finished, original from me in it, but they've actually got some of the statements and the quotes wrong, but it is what it is, you know, and um I've always with my players, you know, I I don't believe anyone can do anything really well if they're not enjoying it. And for me, life has to be you have to you have to see if it's just gone wrong, you know, you can't be too serious you might have to laugh at yourself if you've gone to hit a shot and come off your ankle and gone over, over the bottom. I mean, don't take yourself too seriously, you know? Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, if you can laugh that off and still believe, and still keep going, that's a, it's a good attribute to have. So I think in the book, it's a bit tongue in cheek, the, the title, um, really. Cause I, I've also said in there quite openly and honestly, how if you're going to do it, don't do it like I did. Don't say <laughs> this to a chairman. Don't say that <laughs> to the press. And, You know, but a lot of those things I've tried to say to make my lads laugh if we were in bad moments or they were in bad moments. And um, the let's have a coffee quote I I do regret a little bit um, because of what was happening behind the scenes and and what it might have made me look like because I married a girl who I met at school. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I wasn't really going out there filling up taxis with loads (laughs) of young ladies every week. It um, was just a
0: tongue in cheek. It was comment. a tongue
1: in cheek joke that might have offended some people. And if it did, I apologize. So, just
0: on that note, I, I just wanted to to test your knowledge of your own quote, own, some of your own quote, if that's okay. So, I'm going to read yeah. four quotes out two of yours, two are from other football managers. Yeah. And we'll see if you can identify your own two. Is that okay? Oh, my God, that's worrying. <laughs> All let's, right. Let's, oh, let's see the how you Alzheimer's
1: get on. Club, yeah. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs>
0: So, every dog has its day, and today is woof day. Today, yeah, I just that's want definitely to bark. me.
1: That is definitely, definitely me. Good. That's after we got promoted, yeah. Definitely yeah. me. I'm a firm believer... And I don't regret that one. I don't regret you that You don't one. regret That's good. Woof!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a firm believer that if you score one goal, the other team have to score two to
1: win. No, that wasn't me. That wasn't you. That was Howard Wilkinson. Yeah, that's too sensible for me.
0: <laughs> too sensible, yeah. I can imagine Yeah, that, that.
1: makes too much sense.
0: <laughs> the important thing is he shook hands with us over
1: the phone. No, that wasn't me. No, right again, Alan Ball. Alan Ball, brilliant, what a legend! I was lucky enough to meet him. I played yeah. with him when he was thirty-six at Bristol Rovers. Wow, what a man! Another player? Oh, I, so he never gave the ball away, mate. No, and he was frightened too because his dad would beat him up. <laughs> well, that's that, what he told That's us. always he told an incentive. What... Honestly, but what he got, he got him thinking about knowing his next pass. And that was a secret. Yeah. And and he said he won the World Cup when he was 18 and he's never had to buy a drink anywhere he's ever gone. Isn't no, that, that marvellous? I can, can imagine, yeah. That'd be really nice hey, if you didn't have to do honestly, that. What a wonderful man he was.
0: Um, and then the last one, obviously, this is going to be one of yours. I love Blackpool. We're very similar. We both look better in the dark. Yeah, but that's my best one.
1: That is is your best one. Absolutely bang on true. That is. Have you seen the lights at Blackpool? I have been there, yeah. I've been to Blackpool. Have you done the whole five mile? No. No, I'm not not that tough. No, you can do it on a (laughs) bike. No, you can't walk. But you can do it on a bike. (laughs) They do it and you actually go, and it is absolutely amazing. Absolutely incredible. I wouldn't want the electric bill now, by the way. (laughs) No. no. (laughs) Imagine what that's going (laughs) to cost. You have to change the lights for candles. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Just hope there's no wind. Oh God, yeah. And if there's <laughs> wind, then
1: it might. No, don't. That's a bad idea. Again, don't do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So obviously, you've been a, a football manager for for twenty four years now. Um, what's your next plans? Are you are you
1: done with football, or could you be tempted back? You could always be tempted back. You know what I mean. But I I, I think since COVID, my life's totally. My brain has totally changed. I actually felt pretty down. I thought our, our game was the most important thing in the world and it needed to always continue. But really what's more important is the people who deliver your groceries, the people at the NHS who save your lives, you know, and, and they should get huge uplifting money, you know, van drivers who deliver to people who can't get out. It's incredible. Um, and I realized it's just total entertainment. Absolutely. And unfortunately, It's turned into a business rather than a sport. Yeah. Um, And the more it does that, the worse it gets, because it still belongs to the people who want to go and watch it every week. And I'm sure they'd rather have us sit at home pay 14 quid, a pay-per-view sort of ticket, yeah, because they'll all make more money. But really, it's all about going with that crowd, being part of it, having good days, having bad days, living through it. And hopefully, you'll give your energy to your club, and you'll live through a really good time about it. And to be fair, uh, Jimmy Arnfield said a wonderful thing. When I left Blackpool, thanks for the days in the sun, Ollie. Yeah. He felt like I brought the sun and my team brought the sun to that area. Cause it was always raining. (laughs) It's done it ever rain off that sea up there. Oh my goodness. Me, the wind. I mean, some days we were like Michael Jackson off a smooth (laughs) criminal leaning into it. Do you know what I mean? It actually blew the, the. we had mobile goalposts and it was move out Can <laughs> the wind, blow a goalpost around.
0: Yeah, I don't but think I'd fancy playing in that.
1: Incredible. Hey? I wouldn't fancy playing in that wind. <laughs> no, we'd just run up to the cafe then and go and get <laughs> something to eat. <laughs> go, go and get some breakfast. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so obviously we've talked a little bit about your football and career. Um, if it's okay with you, I'd like now talk a bit more about your personal life and particularly oh. your, your experience as a parent of, of deaf children. As you know, signature we are.
1: Yeah, do it people realise that? I, I had four children, three of them, are profoundly deaf. I had a son, William, he was born here in. Identical twins, Chloe and Eve. They were in the same sack, we knew they were identical. One, it wasn't two sacks, it was one. Yeah. So, um, and then Harriet came along about a year and a half later then and we did a, a test on her straight away and she was deaf as well. So somewhere in um, our DNA, when we get together to create girls, it something goes missing. So, but we've never found out found out, what, found that out what that out was.
0: was. Um, in your autobiography, you talk about when your daughter Chloe was six and that uh six months old, and she was in a cot trying to say dada. She yeah. was saying dada, but it was yeah, she, she was she, she was actually
1: led on led on the sofa. My wife was changing her in. and Um, because we had a hearing son, and when he was going dada, the sound was coming out where unfortunately Chloe just copied my wife's the lip patterns yeah and then we knew it was serious and luckily uh a lady from the university came out who was experienced looking at young people and seeing their and because where they were identical twins they could pass a lot of things you know when, when they tried to do the the death test when they were sort of six months old there was mirrors on the wall people hadn't realized that they were looking and they could because they were because they were identical twins they'd already had form, formulated their own little language they all they were getting from us was so they'd actually realized that they could give a toy to each other and take it and then pass them back they'd sit there for hours just passing yeah. each other a toy and I, I remember i broke my arm before we knew and they were they realized i could do it they poured a bit poured a bit of the cotton wool out and gave it to me <laughs> and i i took it and the little chloe looked at eve and went and pointed it like dad can do this you know what i mean because they'd already worked out things so it was very very difficult back then and the great thing is now if you know they can do a test on a baby and know straight away whether it's deaf or not because trying to get hearing aids into a 16 month 18 month old baby is an absolute nightmare (laughs) and we had six of them we had six I remember we got slaughtered one day by, do you realize how much these cost? I said, well, do you realize we got six of them and we're trying to find <laughs> them when they're playing outside in the sandpit, you know? And do they really, other than strap their, strap their earpiece on their what heads, a what yeah. can we do? Do you know what I mean? Can you get screwing ones that they can't unscrew? Come on. It's, it was mental, but, you know, as, as I say, it's something we had to adapt to. And, um, and that lady, I'll never, I'll never, ever forget her. She... She got a great big bell out of her bag and says, "I believe they're profoundly deaf." And she said, "I believe if you don't know what they can hear, have you given them an eye test?" I went, "Ah, uh, no." Oh my God, get them an eye test, see if they can see, and I would start learning and teaching them a visual language. She said, "Look." So she waited for them to look the other way. They were sat on the floor. And she got a bell out of her bag, and I'm literally it was about that big. She rang it, and we were like, oh, and they didn't move. They couldn't hear it. And that's the first time we were really proven to see that. And it might sound weird, but they can cry, they could laugh. We thought, oh no, you know, we didn't realize they were just natural things you could do. Um, and they would make noises, but it wasn't through their ears, helping them. So, wow, we went on to have deaf people coming into our house, helping us with their behavior. It was a godsend. We had to, we had to go into the deaf world to try and find out about the culture and what it meant to lose a sense. Um, and then we made a decision. Do we want to keep that private or do we want to share? And, and cause we've nothing to be embarrassed about. We just have deaf children. and. And, and maybe someone might want to hear about it. So we did that, and the university came round and wanted to study them. Um, and then they sent us some actual deaf people to teach us BSL, British Sign Language. How did you find learning BSL? Well, it's an ongoing thing in your whole life. I mean, it's such yeah. a complex, wonderful language. And it, and it actually helps tiny young children be way, way, way advanced of what you could do with English. You know, my our, our youngest daughter, when she was 10 months, just she could just walk. She walked early. I asked her to go into my bedroom and find daddy's white training shoes. Bring them here, please. So off she went, and I had six yeah. pairs of training shoes, only one totally white. She brought the pair into me. Yeah. And she had a little nappy angle. She could tell us she was did a poo. She, could tell us she <laughs> wanted a drink. She could tell us what she wanted, an orange or a, a banana. She could tell us. And it's such a wonderful way of, and she'd go up to people and sort of said, "Uh, she'd be signing. Oh, are you hearing or are you deaf? Oh, you're hearing, huh?" And she'd like <laughs> laugh at them. It's 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 marvelous, you know. It's it, a wonderful, it, wonderful language. So you know, it 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 it, it was. Uh, I realised how important communication is and was in the whole world. Obviously, because my daughters didn't have it. Um, and deaf people can't do it as easily. Once they get their own language, they can, of course they can. Yeah. What am I saying right now? I mean, how many times would I have yeah. to say that to you? That's but shut free, up yeah. you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm saying shut <laughs> yeah. up you. And when you're a kid and shut up, shh, hang on, you know what I mean? How are they going to get that? No. But when we go, oh, they got a chance, haven't they? Can, yeah. Boom drink you know it's you got a chance visual. so it unlocked everything honestly and, it, and it, to this day some people who the same as us have been diagnosed their child is deaf they're not told to go and teach them a visual language I can't believe it
0: yeah. it
1: depends where you live in I can't believe it every single deaf child should be have its own language a visual language to learn and pin things to and then they'd find it as easy as my last daughter not my first two the first
0: how did you how did you feel when you first sort of got the news that it was confirmed that they were profoundly deaf how did
1: how did that impact on you i couldn't get my head around it i really couldn't i couldn't understand how they're never going to hear a bird they're never going to hear the wind they're never going to hear you know, be able to call me daddy and all I was totally wrong, of course they can. Do you know what I mean? Of course they can say it, of course they can do. They can, they enjoy music, but they enjoy it differently. You know, they feel the vibrations. So it's, it's it was that not knowing. So for me, you have to immerse yourself in what it means. But at first it was the dangers that that were there as, as young children. You know, my son was about, um, oh, he, he would have been three when they were one and a half and they were toddling around, you know? So if if a glass dropped in your kitchen onto the tiles and smashed, they couldn't hear it. Yeah. If you got out of a car and, you know, uh, got out of a car and in a car park, there's a car coming, they can't hear it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, what the dangers were, were that was a, probably the worry, most worrying thing. And then not knowing that when you send them to school, what they'll be able to achieve it. It's like trying to do a jigsaw puzzle, but without having a picture That'd on be, the box, Yeah, you know, but in the end of the day, I can honestly say all my daughters are mums. Um, they're bringing up. One of them's got one, a deaf child. The other, we got eight grandchildren. Uh, one of them's, uh, deaf. The others are hearing. So my deaf daughters are bringing up hearing children. Yeah. Um, so, and without sign language, we'd have never been able to achieve it. That's, that's my, my, my biggest point, is without them having a visual language, they've learned everything else from that visual language. That. And I've met some deaf people who don't know where they are because they weren't taught the visual yeah. language till later on in their life, and they, they missed out on years and years and years of information because they couldn't get it, even with a cochlear implant. Yeah. You can't get wasn't. it. It doesn't make you hear it. So, you know, at the end of the day, wow. But my daughters, I, I just want to get the message out there. There, I'm so proud. I had nothing to worry about, but the world they live in could, could change and it has changed. And it's really, really been quite remarkable, the difference for them, um, because of technology. Yeah. That, it's making a big technology makes a big difference to them.
0: In the way they oh well, we, communicate. we we got these
1: video phones, so we can sign to them. It's absolutely
0: yeah, it's a joy, yeah.
1: you know. And they can text us, and we can get it. You know, it it is it, absolute joy. Did, did you
0: roll any of the sort of sign language that you've been learning into when you were a manager? Did you try to use any of it with any of the players to get messages across on the pitch or anything, anything like well, that? It, ever...
1: it helped me with one of my teammates. I was a player at QPR at the time. And we had a goalkeeper called Jan Stayskill. And uh, he could read English, but he could speak it. It was incredible. He could read a whole page of English faster and better than I could. But he didn't understand any of the words. Okay. And what he used to do was listen to Talk Sport and drive in on a morning. And he would uh, Talk Sport Radio, ninety-five point five FM. <laughs> it was incredible. But I could get on with him because of sign language. Yeah. So I could explain things to Jan to make sure that he understood because of my sign language and it wasn't necessarily, you know, when you gesture things, you can really make people and then we were more sort of visually aware of your expressions. You can make people know what you want, but, um, you know, what it did, it just made me understand how important trying to communicate and being clear with your communications was. And it's so easy for us because we can hear and we can speak. So why not do it clearly? Yeah, so everybody can understand. Exactly, so I found, I focused on it really. And I, 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 I was always pretty confident at school if I had to read it or if I had to talk out or say anything, I couldn't read it out. I wasn't a very good reader, but I, I would stand there and, and I would be able to talk for other people. Like, it wouldn't bother me at all. You know, some people can't speak openly, but, you know, it, what it did, it absolutely made me focus on what I needed to do and, and communication. And and the clearer you get your point across, the more accurately what you want is going to be understood and you'll get back.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And what, what in, in, in your book, you also talk about um, the little idiosyncrasies that each human has and how your daughters would mimic these. Um, when describing <laughs> someone, how was that the first time it happened, and what was the experience like?
1: <laughs> I will never, ever, 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 ever forget it. We were in, uh, Camberley, where we used to live, and uh our youngest Harriet was in a, a high chair eating a eating a burger, and she was so so young; it was unreal. You know, we used to break it up; she'd be throwing it around in it. The- but in came this fella with a a Mohican, and literally it was that tall, and it was like red and black and green and like a rainbow, and it it was quite outstanding how big it was. You know? So I thought, oh my god! And you know, you look at people like that, you think, oh, is he trouble? Or you know, anyway, the <laughs> daughters are over out. Wow! Look, look at him! <laughs> <laughs> like that. You know what i mean and then it was is he a shark and is he this and then like oh my god and my <laughs> girlfriend was looking over at her. she was creased up do you know what i mean so i thought to myself what am i going to do about this and i'm going stop no don't no no don't right and it was like no anyway i said excuse me do you want...? i said my daughters are deaf and they find can can we come over and he went yeah yeah i, I gel it up and it's all like. that <laughs> anyway we we ended up not being like long-term friends but it was it was so wonderful but i had to go over and say something (laughs) because you know it is and we went to america oh my god because they can put some poundage on over there can't they they they
0: can eat yeah they can eat (laughs)
1: oh my god there was this one woman whose ankles were going down and they were burning on the ground they were going falling past her feet and onto the ground she was huge and our daughters were going I'm trying to go, no, no, don't, don't do that. Drag him around the corner. God alive, what are you doing? But not, not being funny, I got a bit of a hooter on me. And when I was a kid at my school, I used to get called Big Nose because <laughs> kids are pretty brutal, aren't they? You know? <laughs>
0: kids are brutal, yeah.
1: So, you know, at the end of the day, they don't mess about. They just say how it is. So, you know, unfortunately, my girls made it completely obvious to people. And it was weird. If they went, oh, you remember that man? He was He was old and he was hunched and he was limping, and it was like, Wow, how could you know it? <laughs> so descriptive, much? yeah. Oh, yeah, but it was marvelous, you know. Remember him? He had a, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember it. I might not have noticed it, but they, they have I'd a way of not. doing it. And even now, they, you know, I am Grampy to little Finn, and Finn, he's like a, a fish's fin. So, Finn, and I'm Grampy because I wear my cap or a hat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, it's and we, we and Nanny is glasses, so Nanny. Grandpa, it's a beautiful way of doing things.
0: It is. It really is. Um y- You mentioned your your son Will. How did yeah. how did he get on grown up with? Obviously, having deaf siblings and stuff like that. How was
1: that for for him? Well, we we're we're only just finding out. He's thirty four now, and um, wasn't until a couple of years ago he, he he had some major beefs with him and with us because he. He felt everything was about them all the time. Um, But we've had to remind him that he would have special time with either my mum or Kim's mum on his own, not with his sisters. We would put them to bed and then we'd have him up later than them so we could give him other things. But he, he, he had some issues with it. And I think mainly it was the fact that he thought his sisters didn't like him because he would yeah. call to them and talk to them and they wouldn't answer him back. And it, it, I remember one day really vividly, he came and he said, I don't, I said, what's the matter with you? And he went, I don't like my sisters. I went, oh, right. Uh, lots of people don't, but why? So, yeah. They're, they're, they're not friendly to me. I'd call to them and talk to them. And I said, well, they're deaf, aren't they? He went, yeah, I know they're deaf, but they don't answer me back. He didn't know what deaf they meant. Didn't. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah, so I, I took him. him out in the garden and I, and I showed him. I said, look, I tapped tap Chloe on the arm. I said, that's how she notices. I said, but she can't hear me. I'll let her run over there. Look, Chloe, Chloe. And she didn't look round. And he went, oh, all right. I said, so if you need them, you have got to go and, t- go and tap them. Let them know you And there. that was it, you know? And we never sat him down and taught him a sign. He just picked it all up. Suspective. And it, you know, he can sign fluently now. Yeah. Right? Never had a lesson. Never sat down with the family, because all my family, all our family learned sign language. Cause they all want to be involved. Yeah, involved. And one of them learned it so well, she's a fully qualified interpreter. Or wow. Becky, my sister's daughter. So, yeah. You know. But but my mum did and Kim's mum used to babysit. I think right. Kim's dad struggled the most because he couldn't get into realizing that you gotta forget words and you gotta think and in pictures, and he couldn't do it. He was too military, you know? He was in in the RAF, and he couldn't get his head around. He tried, but he found it very, very difficult. Must be... Uh, You know, it it was great. Our kids knew that everybody was trying to speak their language, you know?
0: Yeah, it must be really heartwarming for you, having, obviously, a supportive family network that have gone and learned and stuff like that, so they can communicate. I, I
1: was so so lucky kim and i were so lucky that my sister and her husband every other friday right not every friday but every other friday so we could get a rest and we could get some sleep they would have our four children two overnight for the whole weekend and we'd pick them up on a sunday after my sister and had cooked us a sunday lunch and then we'd bring them home She want my sister didn't want my career to go down the pan because she knew how hard it was, yeah, to do it. So, they she had two kids herself, a bit older, Becky and Luke, but uh, they had all four of ours, yeah. And our kids, our kids could wait to go there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We could wait to get some sleep. Oh, my yeah, God. I used so to like going our, to the
0: auntie and uncles, I remember,
1: yeah. Oh, brilliant, yeah, absolutely superb. The kids used to love it. Um, you,
0: you talk about when when you found out Harry was was deaf and how that hit you harder than the originals with Chloe and Eve. Was, was there any particular reason you think that did hit you harder, or?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, and 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 really, I was wrong. I wanted a a hearing child to play with my son. I realised that how difficult it was for him, but really, if we were going to have another child, we we're already a family geared up to having a deaf child. It was the best thing anything could have happened to us because the family was already ready for another deaf child. You know, True. if Harriet would have gone to an- another family who weren't signing, she wouldn't be the girl she is True. today, you know? And, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it helps prove that, that it's exactly how Mabel Davis, who was a headmistress of the, the best school I've ever seen in to deal with deafness, um, which was, um, Heathlands, wasn't it? Heathlands Heathlands in St. Albans, which was at a mainstream school, Townsend School. So they had access to every single single subject because your brain works, your ears don't. So no excuses, it still (laughs) works. She had a picture on the wall. And she was, I mean, what she said was, I need even for your three daughters, I need my teachers to be aware of how they're learning and adapt their style to make sure that each and every one of your girls gets the maximum out of them. So that changed everything that I thought, hang mm. on a minute. They all learn in a totally different way. And the thing is, there's three ways. you got sign language, BSL. You have sign-supported English and you have English. If you go to Mary Hare School, you're not allowed to sign. They don't give you, you just got to do the oral side. Some schools do sign supported English. And at the first school they went to in Bristol, they were taught the difference in three different times in the day. At Elmfield School for the Deaf, it was absolutely superb. You know, absolutely superb. So when we moved them from that school up to Reading, and Reading said, oh, we don't agree with that. That's going to make them lazy. They won't learn English. Oh, no. They were screaming. They didn't want to go to it. So I had to go to my manager and say, I'm going back, Jerry. Oh, do you God. mind? I'll drive up and down every day because my daughter's education is more important. It's more important. How, how know, was so- that
0: for you? How much strain did it put on you having to drive them down every day? Obviously, it was the right reasons, but how much strain did that put on? Oh, my you God. And I, I, I had all
1: sorts of back, back problems because I was driving two and a half, it was lucky I could, I could get into where we were, our training ground, not, not bad, but I, I tried two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back and I trained in the middle. So I was getting sciatica, terrible back problems where me, you know, anyway, but it was, I'd do it again and I'd do it again and I'd do it again. Cause as I say, your kids are a product of their education and everybody, no matter whether you're a, a minority or not, you deserve the chance to be educated.
0: Absolutely. And a good education.
1: The same absolutely, education yeah. everybody gets. Yeah. What, yeah, what do you it think should be... be fair? It shouldn't be how much it costs, should it? it should no, be the, absolutely the access to be... everything that you need. And, and, and at, um, at Heathland, uh, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to have been the authorities because Mabel Davis made everything happen. It was quite <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> Absolutely, what an incredible woman.
0: So maybe she just oh, she, need a person like that
1: uh, to push things through. Well, it, it, what she did was believed in every single one of these children. And she'd seen some horrific things where children have been forced to use the oral signs all the way through their life. They might be 14 and it hasn't worked for them. What do they then do? She went, oh my God, they need sign language. So you, you've got a 14-year-old who's being taught the basics of sign language, which they should have had as an option yeah. when they were young, and God knows what they could have been what like the f- then. Yeah. So for me, I I would teach every single person in the world sign language if I could. Yeah. Right. Right. I think every we'd child, agree. Right from the day, right from the, the word go. Cause even here in children, it's an easier language to learn first off. Yeah. And it's very
0: much linked to sort of a set of learner, like you say, it's very visual. If you can learn the word and the meaning of it, then it's easier to to pick up.
1: Well, if you're in the house and you forgot your phone or your keys, you could sign to your wife who's out there. And yeah, like, can you bring it out to me? You know what I mean? It's so yeah. helpful, you would not believe it, honestly. Do you know what I mean? You're in pubs and it's all chattering away. You can you, you, <laughs> you know, can order what your what drink you, across the bar. You, <laughs> the drink. Yeah, you, can, <laughs> like, you can order it, provided they're yeah. looking at you. You can order it. <laughs> in a room full of people absolutely incredible
0: um what what do you think has been your biggest challenge that you face as a a parent
1: of, of deaf children well fighting with authorities completely you know if uh, that that the craziness of how much how i it's, it's about cost not needs that yeah. can't be right no um and it's a it's a gross unfairness really that there's there's no sort of set way of doing anything the minute your child is diagnosed it's about luck where where you are in the country um and wow that that still blows us apart, uh,
0: yeah, you know I can imagine hopefully obviously the the recent passing of the the b s l bill hopefully that may may push things. Well, you've educated okay, me supporters. now. Go on, tell me. What, what's that? So, in April 2022, they have passed British Sign Language as a official language of England, Scotland and Wales, um, which includes setting up a BSL advisory board to the government.
1: Yeah.
0: They will advise Brilliant. on issues, so they're going through the process of, of getting people on that board. So, hopefully, that is going to improve access to for deaf people, more interpreters, more teachers, and hopefully we'll have a GCSE in the not too distant future. So, so hopefully it's all, it is improving
1: slowly, but surely. Oh, well, that, that's great news. Absolutely. For me, that, that is a huge thing, you know, and um, inclusivity is, is absolutely vital. You know, it's always going to be a hearing world, you know, because of the, numerical side of things but what what the deaf world has done for us is opened up our awareness um, of how how lucky we are and how wonderful your other senses become and you're probably more gifted than we are yeah with what you see and how you do it and how you how you care about people and and you know being part of that deaf community is is something that i can't tell you how proud i am
0: yeah be part of it
1: do, do you have any
0: do you have any advice for other parents who are, are going through maybe something similar to what you've been through over the years
1: well the first bit is is please don't worry i had nothing to be worried about <laughs> yeah. honestly you know it, it, it's uh it's a joy it's a joy to see deaf people communicating in the way um so openly so confidently so honestly and you know, the way they are, it's, it's a joy to see. It's a joy to witness. The language itself is so, so incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's all totally and utterly inclusive. We're all, we all do the same things. It's wonderful. So, um, and the people, the people are so happy about the fact that you're trying. Yeah. You know, you're trying to be part, you're trying to involve them. You're trying to, and you know, some of the joy that I've seen on people's faces, um, it is quite incredible so you know it opens up your world opens up your life and you know if you if you can try and help somebody else's day be a little bit better than it was if they have bumped into you then what a wonderful world that's gonna be
0: yeah that's what we're aiming towards well good luck
1: with it all absolutely incredible honestly
0: but this helps
1: doesn't it i could sign to you now you understand yeah brilliant is this yeah, yeah video yeah oh my god so hopefully you know we'll have a chance
0: yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed things seem to be going in the right direction so finally we've just got one more question that we like to ask all of our guests on the podcast <laughs> if you could give your 18 year old self one piece of advice <laughs> what would it be
1: my 18 year old self
0: yeah not too long ago
1: well, when you hair when you get your hair cut, just keep it and then glue it back on. Okay. Yeah. Older. No, no. Are you no, gonna we'll go? See. Are you
0: gonna go for the mohawk? No, no, <laughs> no, no. I could do. Can I? Yeah, I think you could um, pull it
1: off. Oh, what a great question. I, I would say believe in yourself a little bit more. Yeah. That's yeah. A good one. Honestly, you know, I wasn't a very confident person, and you know, I, I was determined, but life's about. You can have what you want. You can achieve what you want if you believed in yourself a little bit more.
0: Because there's cool. a lot of people
1: out there who are going to help you. Yeah. There's always help if you want to look for it. I think so, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we could always offer more help. But having, having com- confidence, if I, could, if I could invent a bottle of confidence, I'd be a multi-millionaire, cool. wouldn't I? Yeah, you would. I'm sure so you would. All it is, is a... An anticipation of a good result. Yeah. In, and that's in anything. If you're going into an examination, you if you're confident I'm gonna do well here, instead of oh my yes. god, I got an exam. Oh my god, good. So you can actually change that thought. Yeah. I've rehearsed I've I've, I've revised, I'm all right. I do understand that I'm gonna be all right. I can do this. Come on, yeah. Boom, you're a much better in a much better situation going into because how many times do we really want to do things yeah you just gotta do it anyway so yeah try and do it in a you know what is confidence confidence is a anticipation of a positive outcome
0: yeah that's good i like that i like that that's a good one well that brings us to the end so thank you so much for joining us on the give us a sign podcast um it's been so interesting hearing about obviously the football um, but your life obviously as a as a father of deaf children. Uh, and yeah. I just want to say that we really appreciate how open and honest you have been about it all.